Hey, welcome. My name is Glenn Lundy. Super excited to be launching our new Breakfast with Champions podcast. Can you believe it? That's right. The Breakfast with Champions podcast has finally arrived. This is your opportunity to get motivation, education, and inspiration every single day. And ultimately, your opportunity to get a seat at the table, to be a fly on the wall, to listen in to some conversations between some of the most amazing superhumans from around the planet. We're talking about people that are doing the things you know you can do, that have reached some of those levels you know you can reach. We've got celebrity interviews with people like Tiffany Haddish and Grant Cardone, Lauren Rittiger. We've got specialists in areas like Capital Ventures, right? Or wealth building, wealth management, real estate, all kinds of incredible conversations. And what's amazing about the Breakfast with Champions podcast is you're going to be able to tune in, listen in. They won't even know you're there, right? It's just like you're, you're, you're listening in on all these incredible secrets of some of the most successful humans from all around the world. You know, when we launched Breakfast with Champions, we had no idea of the power that it was gonna have. We had no idea of the collaborations it would create. We had no idea that we'd be able to connect humans from England and Australia and Saigon and America, of course, all together in one room having powerful conversations that elevate everyone in the experience. Listen, if you like these episodes of Breakfast with Champions, do me a huge favor and let us know. We would greatly appreciate it. We pour into this. You're going to get five to six hours of content every single day, Monday through Friday, five days a week. You can keep coming back. So make sure you subscribe to the podcast. We'd appreciate it. Drop your comments, share your thoughts and your reviews. It mean the world to us if you would do that. And in exchange, we promise you that we will always create a space, a safe space where you can come. You're not going to get politics here. It's not going to happen. You'll never see any type of division in here. It's actually exactly the opposite. We have a bunch of different people with different belief systems, different upbringing, different backgrounds. We've got people from all different ethnicities all coming together. But the one thing that we share is everyone in this room shares the same heart. And it is a heart to elevate you, to encourage you, to inspire you, and to help you become the absolute best version of yourself that you can possibly be. So if you would, do us a favor, write those reviews, subscribe to the podcast, tell your friends. We're going to be here, and we hope that you will be too. Enjoy Breakfast with Champions. You'll see there in the notes that you can skip forward. You can move back. If you need to pause it for a minute, you'll now have that opportunity to do so. We do record these daily on Clubhouse. We have a Breakfast with Champions Club there, or you can follow me, Glenn Lundy, if you'd like to see those rooms, if that's an app that you enjoy. You can always come in and tune in live, or of course, just sit back and enjoy right here on the podcast and anywhere your podcast can be found. It is such an honor and a privilege to be able to spend this time with you. I know that there are a trillion places you could have chose to be. You chose to be right here with us on Breakfast with Champions, and that means the world to me, and I absolutely stinking love you for it. So with that said, we are excited to launch the new Breakfast with Champions podcast. Thanks so much. Kicking off this Friday uh, with the Breakfast with Champions club here, and of course, we're all gathered here uh, for a wonderful topic. It's 
a few of us that uh, share every single week around uh, wealth and business um, every single Friday. And I'm excited to kick us off. We've got a half hour segment with you all. So thank you for that wonderful tune uh, earlier. We love that. And in this segment that I have, I'll be sharing to you all about proportional problem solving. Okay, so keep that in the back of your mind. Get a pen handy because I'm going to dive into some really practical stuff as always. But before we kick off, I'll briefly set the context for those that have just entered. Good morning to to many of you. Uh, good evening to some like me. Good afternoon for others, wherever in the world you're tuning in from and whether you're a long-time listener or first-time listener. Welcome. Everyone certainly is welcome here and has a seat at the Breakfast with Champions table. It's designed for three main things really to motivate us to educate us and to inspire us and if you haven't joined the club i encourage you to do so um, let's also get some shares going there's that uh, share button available to us and we feel that you know we need more of this we need to share more of what uh, you know i often say doubt fills the mind when nothing else fills it you can replace anything with that word, right? So we need to fill ourselves with more optimism, more healthy learning, more motivation, and more of that inspiration. And so please share that. Uh, we will shout you all out as we go uh, because uh, that is one way of getting these in the earbuds of so many that might need it. And if we've not met, uh, my name's Ram. I'm based in Sydney, Australia. And real quick, professionally, I've been practicing in the space of human-centered design, uh, creative strategy, digital marketing and branding. That's my pocket and have been doing that for the last 16 years. I started at Ogilvy back in 2005, worked my way through large agency land. Some of these might be familiar to you in that space. I worked at JWT, McCann, World Group. Previously, I was design director at DDB service McDonald's and Audi clients primarily. And most recently, I was the head of digital design at Saatchi & Saatchi in Australia and serviced Amex Qantas Toyota. You can check all that in my portfolio. And now I help business owners and organizations, that might be you, and I help business owners and organizations get unstuck as an advisor and as a coach through design thinking. So as mentioned in this segment, I'll be speaking about proportional problem solving. Let me just see what's, uh, let me let me just pin actually my link because I, you know what, I did not pin it last time and I'm just going to simply pin my Instagram because if you have any questions, I don't want to leave you astray. I want us to continue the dialogue. So let's get into it. So pro proportional problem solving. Okay, what on earth am I talking about? What is proportional problem solving? And in what context am I referring to that? Well, simply put, it's the right level of solution most appropriate to match the equal level of the problem. I'll say that once again, real quick. The right level of solution most appropriate to match the equal level of the problem. For example, we wouldn't use a chainsaw no doubt, to cut small branches of a rose bush. There's garden scissors available to us for that level of problem. So 
why is proportional problem solving so important and how does this affect us and our wealth generation well the people you're looking to serve and service with your business or your company that you work for let's call them prospective customers prospects they require solutions that are effective for that specific level of complexity now too often i see messaging and offers that are way over the top of what is needed by that prospect customer and then my clients ask why they aren't able to make any sales ladies and gentlemen champions the market decides not us we can be as passionate as we want in fact i recently posted a little snippet of of my thought around this on my instagram and i wrote passion commitment and mastery is actually not enough to own a successful revenue generating business it's the brutal truth without marketing sales and branding you're just a passionate committed individual who mastered something and couldn't sell so we need to listen very well sometimes it's actually staring at us in the face this market that i'm speaking about i've been helping uh, a sleep coach for example recently over the last couple months one of many of my clients and this is a great example she said that i help people with improving and getting better sleep goodness me how vague improvement and better those words we're not able to quantify that because it it's up to perception and it's it leaves us vulnerable to misinterpretation the other thing is everyone sleeps or needs to sleep so then your audience is everyone what we ended up doing was arriving at i help female corporate leaders because she is that achieve uninterrupted sleep okay and even in that proposition we're able to opt in and out very very quickly but i'll park that thought how do we use proportional problem solving to generate revenue what do we need to know to proportionally problem solve effectively so here are the steps i've got four uh written down with a bonus tip so let's call it five Okay so the first step is we need to identify the spectrum of pain that's number 1 there is a spectrum of pain i'm going to give examples and weave them in after but i'll just give you all the steps right now identify the spectrum of pain number 1 number 2 segment the customers based on this spectrum of pain each segment has different qualifiers and criteria a pain list and a gain list let's call it pain relievers that this segment wants to relieve and gain creators that they want to create in their life okay and usually there's a lead pain or a lead gain i'm going to give you examples with this but just take these principles and steps first the third step 
for proportional problem solving is we need to select one of those segments, select one for now, and define where the entry point is and where the exit point is. Remember, I spoke about identifying the spectrum of pain, which implies that there's levels and you can graduate, you can accelerate or decelerate into the spectrum, okay? So how do we know, this is what you need to answer when you know that you've, answer, you've got this uh, entry point and exit point of your segment. You need to be able to answer, how does my customer know when that person, you know, how, 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 do you, how does that person know when they have successfully been serviced? Okay, what did they achieve as a result of your product or service? What increased and what decreased and how and by how much? Remember, remember at the beginning I said proportional problem solving, you wouldn't use a chainsaw to trim a rose bush. It's too much. It needs to be in proportion to that level of challenge. So this is also part of your customer journey. Okay, it's reflected in what we call CLV, customer lifetime value. That lifetime might be very little. That might be a short thing, okay? But it might be longer term. So I'm gonna park that. So we've gone from identify, step one, identify the spectrum of pain. Step two, segment the customers based on this spectrum of pain. Each segment has different qualifiers and criteria. Step three, select one segment for now and define where the entry point is and the exit point. Okay, look at this as a customer journey. The fourth step is only now can you conceptualize and ideate a product or service. Okay, it's less about, oh, should I release an online course? Maybe a workshop? How about a podcast? How about I write a book or create an app? What if I white label or drop ship a physical product? No doubt all of these thoughts have come to so many of your minds. The what becomes very easy when you proportionally problem solve first. Because all of those are viable, but it has to be relative to the problem. So in one of my client calls today, she said, I'm thinking about releasing an online course with 21 modules. Specific, right? Each can be, let's say, half an hour, and I'd first cover mindset, and then I'd cover this area here, and then etc., etc. That would be my curriculum. Here's the thing. It doesn't matter how many modules or features you put in. All your customer, and we are customers of other brands and businesses, all a customer cares about is the outcome your is true and can be attained by them. We don't go to a heart surgeon and say, hey doc, uh, I'm just wondering, are there any other benefits that you can offer me? You know, why I should choose you? Maybe you can throw in, you know, a free blender and steak knives. Also, you said it'd take six hours, but is there any chance that you can do it in four hours? I've got places to be. 
no way would you ever say that. All we care about is the outcome of a successful improvement of your heart, whatever the condition is. Okay, speaking of, going on this doctor's theme and driving home this proportional problem-solving concept, a heart surgeon wouldn't teach heart surgery via a workshop. That'd be ludicrous. They would first educate on the anatomy, perhaps, then the tools and sanitation techniques of best practice around that, and then perhaps eventually best practices around cutting the skin, not the organs, not the muscle tissue even, or bone. And so this proportional problem solving, again, it's going back to identifying what the spectrum really is. So we've gone from that to segment the customers based on that spectrum to selecting one segment that you can focus on and define what that entry and exit point is. To now consider- Hey listeners, if you enjoy listening to Breakfast with Champions, we can bet you care about your daily routine. Do you want to know the secret to the perfect routine? It's the perfect morning. Glenn has written a free ebook called The Morning Five, five simple steps to an extraordinary morning. If you can transform your morning, you can transform your life. Head on over to themorning5.com to learn more about the five ways you can change the way you start your day. Conceptualizing and ideating a product and service appropriate. That's number four. And only now do you arrive at a real and substantial hypothesis of a product market fit? All right, let's get going. Everyone still with me? Good, 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 good. <laughs> tip number five, it's a bonus tip. This is the last tip and then I'm going to give some examples and I'm going to open up for Q&A. Proportional problem solving will also help you get unstuck with your messaging. Okay, so too often, I see brands and businesses make these two mistakes. Number one, they say too much. They simply say too much, okay? Number two, they use too many fancy words. It's like using university level vocabulary when the primary prospect customer just entered preschool and has no idea what on earth you mean. You know it because you are an expert or have been exposed at a high level to something that we can hire you for or get value from. So back to number one there, I said, they say too much. So on saying too much, if this is you, I've used this past example, and uh, Dory has been to uh, my workshop around branding, and I, I've used this example as well in on this stage a few times, but it's so powerful. It's when Steve Jobs uh, was serviced by TBWA, it's an advertising agency, and the global chief creative officer, Lee Clow. Lee and Steve would go at it creatively all the time when Steve was around. And when they were launching the iMac, Steve said, I think we can, we can get four messages in this 30 second TV ad. Lee said, no, 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 we should just say one thing, say one thing well. They went back and forth, Steve didn't listen, and surely we can fit four messages in the 30 seconds. And Lee said, no, we shouldn't do that, Steve. And 
back and forth. Lee couldn't get to him. This is from a book called Insanely Simple, by the way, um, by Ken Segal. If you want to read it, it's a great book. But the point of the story was this. Lee was really hitting a brick wall with Steve. And so Lee just shut his mouth, stopped talking, found a piece of paper in front of him, crumpled that piece of paper, chucked it at Steve and said, Steve, catch this. Steve caught it. Caught that crumpled piece of paper very easily. Lee then said to Steve, that's a good ad. Then Lee crumpled five pieces of paper, chucked it at Steve and said, Steve, catch this. And then Steve couldn't catch a single one. And then Lee said, that's a bad ad. Too many businesses and brands, and I've been there, and this is why I'm sharing this learning with all of you and, and with the brands that I've worked with. Too many are saying too many things and no one can catch a single one. We can't catch your messages. We need to catch one thing well. And this all ties into the, uh, the topic that I'm speaking about, which is proportional problem solving. And we just went through five steps. Okay, so I'm gonna give you some examples now to tie in this concept. So again, and I'm honing this, I'm honing it, I'm hammering it in, it's these steps. Identify the spectrum of the pain. There is always a spectrum. Segment the customers based on this spectrum because then each have different qualifiers and criteria. I call this a pain list and a gain list. The third step is to select one segment for now and define where the entry point and exit point is of that customer journey. I enter how, I exit when. And the fourth is only now can you conceptualize and ideate a product and service. Okay, we hypothesize a, pros a potential product to fit a gap in the market. And then the fifth and bonus tip there is that we need to make sure that we're not saying too much and we're not using too many fancy words. So one of my uh, big client wins recently has been with one of Australia's leading digital health clinics. And they specialize in helping men, Aussie men specifically, with any health related problems and challenges. They started about six years ago and they were pioneering in Australia, this sort of telehealth, which is normal now everywhere, but telehealth doctor led service. And they started with hair loss products and services. Then they merged into, moved into uh, skincare. Then they moved into psycho psychology services. Then they moved into sexual health issues for men in Australia. And then now they're looking to expand into weight loss. And I love bringing this example up because two things came out of the customer research and I interviewed tons of men, Aussie guys. Now my job um, and a lot of what I do is I, I um, find what is the best uh, way to um, position a product or service by coming up with hypothesis, coming up with product market um, positioning, um, I, I validate the use case scenarios and a lot of this involves interviewing and competitor analysis and data gathering, qualitative and quantitative 
It's not just because I feel it or we feel it. No, we have to test and gather. And so what the business said was, Ram, we are wanting to position this weight loss brand and this weight loss offering as holistic. Okay, keep that in your, in your mind. Holistic, that word. Most of us, sure, we might know what that means. But guess what? When I spoke to these Aussie blokes, they said, Ram, sorry, mate, I just have to stop you there. Um, what do you mean by holistic? Wow. You see, we need to be careful, again, how we are even speaking about the problems we're solving. I'm hammering this home, hopefully, proportional problem solving. Right? This is a concept that, uh, that, I'm, that I've been coining lately because, because it's an easy way to understand a very complex problem. Proportional problem solving. Now, when we speak to who we're helping, sometimes the language, it's not proportional to their understanding of the thing. I use that example of the university level vocab to a toddler or a, or, or a um, preschooler. Okay, so that was a very powerful insight and we wouldn't have gotten that insight unless we interviewed them. The other thing is we found that there were, like I said, this customer segmentation, remember? Pain and spectrum of pain. Now, I'm gonna, I'm gonna hopefully nail this down for you all as an example here. We found that there was five different personas, five different customer segments. I'll name three, let's call it Performance Paul. Performance Paul was actually already a shredded Adondas who looked like, what, how much more, more weight can you even lose? But that particular person wanted to lose more weight for performance. Then we have a dad bod Daniel, let's call it dad bod Dan. Well, dad bod Dan actually was always pretty fit, majority of his life. Actually played sport his whole life and then, and then, um, ended up having his first child and then a second child and then just put on a bit of weight. That's a dad bod Dan, let's say. And then we found that there was another segment, let's call him obese Owen, who was clinically obese, 30 plus BMI and above, different pain. And the, the words that were used from obese Owen, this, this customer segment was like, Ram, I'm in such a dark place. I don't even know where to start. And I can't even recognize myself. Crikey. That was a very different language and narrative to performance Paul or dad bod Dan, Daniel, let's call him. Dad bod Dan and performance Paul were talking about how they're time poor, but they're actually crushing it in their jobs and their career. Interesting, right? And so now, when we talk about proportional problem solving, we can't give shakes or meal replacements to an obese Owen alone. An obese Owen was desperate and needed some medical treatment. And it's proportional to their problem because other problems presented itself, life-threatening problems, plus all of them were getting diabetes or had been recently diagnosed and then they had inflammation and the list, a plethora of health problems. And so you can't say that, oh, 
let's just give him some shakes or a meal replacement or ready-made meals. It's not proportional to the problem. So keep that in mind when you create your products or services, your businesses. And I coach and advise companies about this all the time. I'm going to give you another example. You know, when we talk about niching or Americans, <laughs> niching, right? Here is a method. Go from a very high level of an industry vertical. So let's say beverages for a lack of better example. Then let's apply this spectrum of spectrum of category. Not even pain yet, category. Within beverages, there's everything from healthy to unhealthy, let's say, as one variable. So let's choose healthy. Let's go another third layer deep. Let's find a proposition that we can propose as beneficial. 100% natural and sugar-free, for example. Okay, so where is a product market fit for a 100% natural and sugar-free healthy beverage? Find the gap. Research. Go and do desk research at the very least. Speak to people. Use your lived and observed experiences as well. And, and you might arrive at something like for diabetic tennis players. I'm in the world of tennis. I play tennis. You know, I'm, I see some of my friends that are diabetic. So there you go. There is a hypothesis there as an example. Um, I'll give one, I'll, I'll give a few other examples and then maybe I'll take one or two questions, but Chicago airport, I uh, love this New York times featured them. They had increased complaints, uh, receiving complaints rather when you arrived at certain, um, gates, there was a long wait time. Okay. And the distance from arriving to the airport, uh, from uh, disembarking the plane to the gate, uh, sorry, to the conveyor belt where you pick up your luggage was like two minutes. And there were so many complaints. You'd think, why? It's so close to the exit. It's convenient, right? No, <laughs> this was bad. They had to wait 10 to 15 minutes. And so they could have kept it as is, maybe built things to keep people uh, engaged or, or even distracted from the waiting time. Entertainment, they maybe could have put in cozy seating, a waiting area, maybe a large collection of vending machines like in Japan where you can do your bloody shopping through vending machines, maybe even games, inject some creativity and fun. But those solutions, are they proportional to the problem? That's a lot in, of investment, right? You know what they did instead? They moved the, they moved the uh, location for uh, going to your pick up your luggage. They changed it. They moved it to the opposite end. So there was another conveyor belt area on the other side of the airport and they had the passengers walk 10 minutes. 10 minutes. And guess what? They would pass shops. They would get distracted. They would... Um, they would find things that they're interested in. By the time they got to their luggage, it was already waiting for them. And the complaints decreased. This is powerful. These are case studies, real, real life case studies. I'm going to give you two other real life ones. My first book, How to Get a Job as a Designer. 
I wrote that in 2014. Wow, that's eight years ago. And that was off the back of launching my blog, humble little blog called Giant Thinkers. And it was designed to just me, to have me writing to help design students and graduates get a job. It, that first book, How to Get a Job Designer, very specific, right? It's, you know what you're getting. It's currently sold over 5,000 copies. Not bad. I'm not a formally trained writer. I've never launched a book prior to that. I wrote for my younger self and I listened to the market. But the real winner was when it launched my speaking career. I've done two global speaking tours. I'm, I'm not a formally trained speaker either. I spoke as I'm speaking now, the way that is true to me and within what I feel is helpful and useful for people. It also led me to being discovered by Creative Life and that's the world's largest learning platform online, Creative Life. And I've now since that, my courses have been purchased over 40,000 times. That's public knowledge as well. It's on my courses. How many students have taken them, my classes? On average, it's about $30 per course and I get 25% of that. So you do the math. 1.2 million, my split to date has been 300K and that's recurring. I have another business. I've got 11 different companies and businesses that I'm involved in. Another company that I launched is Unrushed Experiences. 90 people went to an event of mine. This, is, this was the test at the beginning. 90 people, $500 per person. You're like, far out. That's a pretty big price tag. Yes, it is. But you get a seven-course digger station menu at a renowned restaurant in Sydney. I had two artists from The Voice perform. I had background musicians, two from the Sydney Symphony Orchestra, a violinist and a cellist. I had three guests for a Q&A portion between meals. It's a five-hour experience. And my positioning was Sydney's premium digger station of the senses. Sydney's premium digger station of the senses experience for overworked professionals to undo the damage of busy. It was targeted at the ultra busy who might have only had a few nights of the year to enjoy themselves without having to worry about where am I going to park in the city? Where can I get a table? You know, it's crazy. Even restaurants pre-COVID, especially two hour limit, two hour limit. You had to go in and out and finish your, your lovely meal. That's crazy. So I found gaps and who turned up? Surgeons, lawyers, real estate agents, CEOs, you know, people that were at that level that could afford that. And so I'll wrap up. Hopefully this gives you another practical tool as with always when I share every two weeks, I'm on a 30 minute segment and the right level of solution, most appropriate to match the equal level of the problem is what I was trying to hit home. That's one major secret to wealth that I have found and I have tested. Um, maybe we can take on one question, uh, one or two questions. Does anyone have any burning questions, comments? Um, I, I feel like I should uh, open that up. Just say your name and get in there. Thoughts, comments, go for it. Let's do this. This is Marvin. Um, I'm happy to jump in. Um, just to say. I'll, we'll go Marvin and then whoever that lady was. Go ahead, Marvin. 
Yeah, sure. I'll, I'll just I'll, I'll keep it super brief because I've I've um, shared the stage with you so many times, and I absolutely love um, your thought process. And I think what you shared was so so important because so many people look at the uh, pain points, but they don't even consider a, a, a spectrum of pain points, and also um, they don't actually place the outcome in a position of importance. So. I just wanted to throw that in there really just to say a fantastic, fantastic segment and some really, really hard hitting case studies there. Um, great to listen to you uh, and I'll pass it back to you, Rob. Thank you, Marvin. Always a pleasure. Yes, yes, yes. Spectrum of pain, spectrum of pain. Okay. That's one of the basic, basic principles I want you to get out of this um, because it's a pairing exercise and I hope that you're understanding that customer segmentation pairing with the spectrum of pain. Okay, there was someone else that wanted to hop in. Go ahead. Oh, hey, Ify, you're just a slightly low on the mic, on the volume there. You're also on mute now. Try again, Ify. Hi, can you hear me? Yes, it's slightly low, but we can hear you. Go ahead. Thank you, Ify. Yes, if you couldn't hear, Ify, I could hear you. I could hear you all good. But um, if you were just mentioning there about the importance of the one thing, and that really uh, was a was a key thing that you took away. Now, even on that, okay, uh, and I'm and I'm need to wrap up my segment now. But even that, the one thing, saying one thing well, goes back to we cannot catch five things that you're saying. We just can't. And I'll park it here, but you know, maybe next time I can speak a bit more about brand positioning, a topic that's near and dear to my heart. I've held workshops on this and I do this all the time with brands and personal brands more, most recently, but I'll end it on this, you know, out of one cacao bean, one same ingredient, how can there be hundreds of chocolate brands? How? It's because of this one thing. Well, Snickers really satisfies. Yes, they turned it into a dense, you know, nutty filling bar. And they position it as really satisfies. Their campaigns for decades has been, you're not you when you're hungry. Lint, Ferrero Rocher, they cannot claim that. Lint is like thin, dark chocolate. It's a different position, different feeling. Kit Kat, it's synonymous with the breaking of the wafers, you know take a break. What is it? Have a break, have a Kit Kat. M&M's milk chocolate melts in your mouth, not on your hand. If I said to you, what's the most triangular pyramid shaped um, chocolate, you'd, you'd think straight away, Toblerone, the only one. And so lead, lead with one thing well to one segment, to one pain. Thank you so much, everyone. Big love. Hit me up on Instagram if you have any questions. Love to continue to chat. And Thank you for joining us on Breakfast with Champions. If you want to catch the live version, you can follow us on Clubhouse and listen from 5 a.m. to 11 a.m. Eastern Time, Monday through Friday, Saturday 6 to noon, and Sundays with our 111 Sunday service. Make sure you're keeping up with Breakfast with Champions and getting yourself a seat at the table.